Welcome to another episode of the Points of Experience podcast. I'm your host, Paul Castro Jr. Once again, we are we are working at a time where taxes are are approaching an end, and uh, that allows Joe to be consumed with work at the time at which we had done this interview. We have one of the best guests I could ever have imagined. Um, it is an unbelievable delight that we got to interview Christina V today. If you don't know Christina, for the two of you in the world who don't know who Christina is, she has worked on every single thing you can imagine. I told this to her in the interview, but it'd be easier for me to name something she hasn't worked, or it'd be easier for me to say, or no, it'd be harder for me to say a title she hasn't worked on for me to find one that she has. I don't know the way I said it. I said it good in the interview, so listen to it then. Kila Woman Hunter Hunter, League of Legends, Tales of Berseria, Octopath Traveler, One Punch Man, You're Lying, April, April Kill a Kill, One Piece, uh, Drakengard, uh, uh, so many things, the Fate series, Fire Emblem, Devilman Crybaby, Children of the Whales, Comey Can't Communicate, it's just... Uh, the list goes on and on. We actually, she worked on Bell uh, with me, not with me. I think she was also in High Rise Invasion with me. I, I think she also might have done work on Neo with me. I think I, th- I don't think there's a title I've worked on in this industry that she hasn't worked on. She is a national treasure. She's on the Mount Rushmore of of voice actors in this industry. I truly, truly, truly believe that. Working on overall. 200 titles let's not talk about the episodes oh marionette in in miraculous ladybug there was so much we didn't get to talk about bennett in genshin impact and ching cho uh, we didn't get to talk as much as i would love to about um uh, uh miraculous and and genshin and even my hero academia where she plays um gosh uh pino but that just goes to show you how much in depth we went into her and her career and her life we, we do talk about, you know, her process, auditioning, working with directors, um, finding the character voices, uh, her, her start in her career and, and dealing with some of her own challenges that had given her the confidence to, to continue pursuing this at su- such a young age, her musical covers, the list goes on and on. Um, if you are a fan of, of anime dubs, video game uh, English adaptations... We're pursuing a career in voiceover. This is definitely an episode you do not want to miss. She's an inspiration to me and always has been. Um, and I think if there is anybody who you can learn from, just honest willpower, dedication, and 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 love of the sport of voice acting, it's her and her journey to get to where she is today as one of the best in the business. So stay tuned. For Christina V. So, so who is your special friend right there? This is my child, Peach. 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 Well, I love it. His name is Peach, which was just the sound that came out when I met him. But uh, <laughs> it turns out that Peach, like Peachy, is like Turkish for like kitty. So I'm tapped oh. into something. I'm tapped in. Wow, that that's you. You had the the telekinetic connection to um, to, to Turkey. <laughs> maybe maybe the cat has uh, maybe they're they're part Turkish. Maybe he is Turkish. 
Maybe. Maybe that's where he was from last time. <laughs> yeah, right. See yeah. my my cats, I have I have four cats. Do you have only one cat? <gasps> yes. Um but my roommate had two cats, but she moved out and she took them with. Uh, so I can tell he's kind of feeling it. Like he's <sighs> he's lost weight. He's been sleeping a lot, so I'm just trying to give him extra love as he adjusts. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Kitty sometimes will. I have a, one cat that definitely loves being a solo cat and yeah. is spiteful to me because sh- she wants to be the queen who rules everything <laughs> and, and us. So, uh, but uh, to, we they their names have evolved from... <laughs> I'll give you the quick lowdown because this is the most important part of any podcast interview, right? Is getting to know Kitties. each other's cats. Yes. I have Luna, Sas- Sasuke, what? Jo- Jora, and Kairi. And we have anime cats. Yes, they're all anime oh cats. Oh my god! So Sasuke's name has evolved into Moch, and that that took a very long evolution from like Monkey to Muku to. But now he's the name is Moch now. Luna has become Gito, which evolved from like Luna Bella B two Beat Geet. So that went that way. Jura is just Ging. Because that's the sound he makes when he like meows, and Kyrie, we call her Fluffball. Aww. So she got the short end of the stick because she's just a Fluffball. That's so adorable. I yeah. I I'm love a, I'm that four huge... cats. I would love to get. <laughs> I could not do another one though because they are uh, a handful. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. You should see my furniture. It's all like covered. Every inch is covered because otherwise, I'm gonna scratch up a new sofa. Yes, that was we had to just do that. We had to cat proof the um, the couch, and also only one of my cats gets studio privileges because the other ones like to cause chaos and they don't they don't know how to sit still when I'm recording. The, the first day I set up the studio bricks, he jumped in and just clawed it. I don't know if you can see. Look, uh. maybe you can't you can't really tell, but there are I like can't. some chunks. There are some chunks taken out here from yeah like day one. Day one, Ugh. so I have to keep him under strict studio uh, supervision. But he can't You're not him. alone. Yeah. He's just a little... <laughs> my panels. Yeah. All frayed. Yeah. Uh, Which is well, the name of my so dog. Much... What did you say? Moch is the name of your dog? Frey. Oh, Frey. <laughs> <laughs> I have Frey, okay. I love it. Um, well, thank you so much for doing this. Everybody, this is Christina V. For those of you who don't know... I'm gonna I'm gonna do the short little list here um, sure. of the hundreds of titles you've w- worked on: <laughs> Hunter Hunter, Seven Deadly Sins, Kill a Kill, Bleach, Sailor Moon, League of Legends, Street Fighter, Tales of Bazaria, Octopath Traveler, Genshin Impact. It goes on and on and on. Um, I've been a fan of yours <laughs> for so long. Uh, Hunter Hunter is one of my favorite animes of all time and it was one of the most grueling processes one of my friends had to get me into watching it because it was at first I was like I don't want to I the first episode I was like I don't know if this is an anime for me I was like I it's a a, it seemed it seemed you know um presumably from the first episode I was like this seemed just kind of like very kiddie in a way not for me because it wasn't something that, based off of the things that I was I was watching, I was like, I don't know if this is going to be for me. And then once I got past the first few episodes, I was like, all right, I'm getting into it. But the second Kilua came on the, 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 the screen, and I learned about 
his family history that they had this character who was like an assassin but didn't really want to be and this whole it was one of the coolest characters and definitely in terms of of dubbing was like a huge inspiration for me to want to do more of that work obviously i had been acting at the time but honestly so much kudos to you and we'll get into that stuff okay thank you but the the compliment does not come with any fabrication i promise you that thank you and i'm not the only one here who agrees with me on that i i mean uh unfortunately my my co-host who couldn't be here today joe he's also a huge fan juan huge fan keith as well so um you're in great company <laughs> so I want to definitely start, um, and I know you've talked about this a bunch of times, but for on this show, what I try to do here differently than other podcasts is really kind of get into the finite details of people's careers and find moments to hopefully create kind of a learning experience, uh, if we can, for things. So it's kind of impossible to, to, to do that without going through a bit of your, your start. And, uh, you know, how you got into the business. I know we've talked about it a bit, so we'll get into a little bit of that. But, you know, I want to cool. get into definitely the, the juicier, finer details of things. Oh, but, sure. Um, I got lots of yeah. juicy details. That's for sure. Good. <laughs> I love how he's just like, I am I am here oh. for the, the, the pure comfort, the ride. I'm here. I, I'll take all of it. This is him all the time. He's he's my special boy. He's so I'm so jealous. Sweet. Yeah, I've, none I've of my never, cats will do that. I've never like had a segway. I've never had like a connection with an animal like him. Like I love <gasps> my dog, of course, but he and I like he's just he's so in tune with me. Like it's crazy. Like I'm, I'm I can so, tell. Yeah, I'm so lucky I have him. He's a good boy. Oh gosh, that is so adorable. <laughs> so let's let's talk about let's let's go back to that time where you didn't have a connection with animals when you were growing up you grew up in california correct yes in you know where compton is yes just a little bit east of compton okay and that's where you stayed presumably throughout your entire adolescence up until you went out on your own yeah i stayed there until i moved out to college but that was at long in long beach so mm-hmm. Norwalk to Long Beach, um, and then back to Norwalk um, when I was uh, out of college. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. There, and even and though it's close, it feels like a million miles away from like Hollywood. You know what I mean? Was that like a was that a sneaky Bell reference right there, or is that just you what? saying that? A million, a million miles, miles away. away. <laughs> you know what? It wasn't intentional, but I've been listening to that soundtrack a lot. So probably and, is just ingrained now in my subconscious. <laughs> well, that's probably why, because I also listen to it a lot too, oh, and my fiance so is always good. listening to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, great. And, and you Beast. are phenomenal in it, of course. Uh, How come yeah. Beast didn't get a song? <laughs> Beast needed a song. You know, that's that's funny. You know, maybe I'll have to do, like you, and we'll get to this too, a cover of, <gasps> of one of the Bell songs. Yeah. That would that would be fun, huh? That would be Would that cool. be funny? Do it. <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to get your experience as we talk about this on how to do a successful oh, yeah. you got it. Uh, cover of something. Um, so what about uh, high school or, or even prior to high school? You were a fan of like anime, video games, animations. What was Christina's interests kind of growing up? Because I know you always kind of wanted to get into this business. Was this kind of you were surrounding yourself with anime even at a young age? 
So my earliest experience with anime was Sailor Moon, and I was honestly a little scared of it when I first saw it when I was in when I was seven years old. I think I was um, because it was a scary episode that my brother, my little brother, who was much younger than me, was like, "You should watch this show with me." And it was like a it's really scary doll. It's supposed to be scary, but I was like, "This is so scary! I've never seen anything like this." But we watched it every morning. Um, and I became the Sailor Moon girl at school. And then Pokemon happened when I was in sixth grade. And then I was the Pokemon girl in middle school. I was very, very like kind of skinny, nerdy girl who loved Sailor Moon and Pokemon. And then in middle school, uh, somebody in band gave me a VHS tape. She's like, oh, you like Sailor Moon and Pokemon? Well, you need to watch this VHS tape. And on that tape was episodes of Ronma One Half revolutionary girl utina and gunbuster oh and tenchi muyo and mm. i that's how i first started falling in love with anime ah so it was very i mean obviously you wind up fulfilling that kind of sailor moon prophecy it's, as as the years crazy. go on yeah that is I, and i have a similar kind of ex, not to the same degree but um similar experience with, with that type of stuff happening but what about um so you were in band you were playing an instrument at the time i played drums i was playing drums uh I think I played it for 10 years, like, in bands straight, and then uh, uh-huh. kind of just petered off after college. But Yeah, it was, it was trumpet for me, which didn't nice. last very long. I left my instrument in the um, band room and, and never <gasps> went back to get it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I, it just became so hard to practice drums. Like, nobody wanted it. Not my yeah. parents, not my roommates. And I was like, I guess I can't do this. Like, even the tapping on the pad, like, people were mm. like, you're driving me crazy. I'm like, ugh. Definitely one of the more inconvenient instruments because it's one of the loudest, and yeah. in order to practice it, you kind of need like the full kit if you want to go to mm-hmm. the to the extents, and and that's not only very pricey, but that's even louder. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I I, I don't blame um, you or maybe your parents who <laughs> didn't yeah. want you to continue to continue pursuing it. Um, yeah. Where did where did acting come into play? You were doing high school theater. So I didn't make the softball team, <laughs> mm. and um, but you know I was getting into voice acting, but I was really shy. I was so shy. So me gravitating toward theater was something that happened only because I didn't make it in sports. Um, but at that time, I was already kind of like I wanted to be a voice actor, um, and I was doing stuff like on the internet, like very rudimentally, like crude, like early days of fan dubbing stuff. Um, but, mm. but I started doing theater in high school and I loved it. And even though I wasn't good at it, I was really good like at writing. Like I was a great writer and I was like pretty good. I was like probably top drummer at my school at one point. Um, but that wasn't what I loved. I, I wanted to pursue acting. So even though, like, I was, like, even going into college, I feel like I was still pretty green and new. Mm. And because I, I, you know, at that, if you're going to school for theater, like, a lot of these kids have been doing it, like, their whole lives. But um, that's, I just took that leap. And it was it was challenging, for sure, because I, I was really just green and didn't really know what I was doing. But I stuck with it. So for you, it was voice acting specifically, though, right? That so went voice acting. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to learn acting to to help my voice acting. Where yes. where did you make that connection for voice acting? Like, what did you? Was there a specific moment where you're like, I'm seeing a character on screen, I want to be the voice of that character. When what, do you? Was there a specific moment that happened? 
Yes. I remember it exactly. I downloaded a like a dot .mov of Eternal Sailor Moon from the internet. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I'd ever heard it in Japanese. And I was about 12 years old. And then I noticed, like, wait, this is the animation's the same. And I don't know where my brain well, didn't connect it before then, but I was like, wait, if I say the words, the English words, they match up with the Japanese animation. Like, oh, this is a job. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> before then, it didn't really click. I just thought, like, I don't know. But that was the moment where it clicked for me, like, oh my gosh, this is somebody's job. And I, you know, I. Uh, I want to be like those, you know, the actors I heard on on the original dub of Sailor Moon, um, because I have just such fond memories of that show. Wow, it was kind of a similar thing for me, and in yeah. the same way, I was oh. so obsessed with video games and anime, and I've told this story a bunch of times, but I wound up in college finding an intro to theater class because um, I was I was hated doing the pre med path I was going down. Oh wow. And I, I wound up talking to the uh, the the teacher, the drama teacher at, at the, the school I went to, and I was like, I want to kind of get into voice acting. And he was like, well, first got to learn how to act. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wound up finding theater and everything else I've done since then. But I was such a big fan of Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon and obviously every video game. And at the time, when I was growing up and really obsessed with video games, um, there wasn't a ton of, of, of dubbing being done in video games. It was primarily just kind of text and speech, and very few games yeah. had the liberty of, of of adding dialogue to it, let alone uh, uh, English adaptations. Um, was that also something for you that you kind of recognized that this was a very niche career at the time, and it wasn't like this booming industry that it is right now? Um... I don't know if I ever, I, don't, I was very like, I'm going to do this when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and when I started getting into it after I got my first audition, um, the studio head was like, just like, I hope you know, like, this is like, you know, the chocolate factory, like only a few people get a golden ticket and you, you have mm-hmm. one. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> I got to keep working hard then. Yeah. When, yeah. So it, b- b- before you got to that first opportunity, you wound up doing, from what I r- recall reading, it, it, an audition at Anime Expo. Is that yes. correct? When you were 14? When I was 14. My first time acting in front of like this an audience, really. Um, yeah. I just picked a monologue, and I did my best. And I'm sure it was awful. And I hope nobody has recorded it, but I tried. Um and I got some feedback, and I was like, okay, well, they didn't hate me, so I'm going to keep on trying. So then <laughs> I think uh, next year, oh, goodness, I I was, I was kept practicing, and then I, I did uh, a different kind of audition, which was like a dubbing. Like, it wasn't even an audition. They just were, they had like a dubbing set up at a panel. Bang Zoom mm-hmm. did. And... I was able to go up and I just kind of nailed it because I'd been practicing and I'd been doing it online. And they're like, we want you to come audition for us uh, for real. Mm. We would love you to do that. And uh, and I was, yeah, I was <laughs> a little baby teenager and I was uh. so excited and nervous. And uh, they let me read for a really big show, for a really big character. 
And uh, they were really sweet. They gave me feedback like, hey, you didn't book this part, but we want to let you know that we're going to keep calling you in. Like, we think that you're great. Um, and that's how it was. Like, they really took a chance on me. And for a couple of years, too, uh, Tony Oliver, I'll never forget, like, pulled me aside one day after, like, a Walla session because I was doing just a bunch of Walla at the time. And he was like, hey, like, I think that you're great. I can see you have the drive for this and the passion. And he's like, I just want you to work on, you have kind of an accent. And so just work on that for me. And I was like, okay, cool. And I took that really seriously. And um, I worked it out. And the accent, you know, it's, I grew up in a, a primarily his, Hispanic community. So that was definitely a part of it. And some of that you know, never, never went away. And I don't want it to. And I think that people see that now they're like, I recognize that voice, like her voice is really distinct. And I'm like, it's because of where I grew up. Mm. And I never want that to go away. You know, obviously, some things I had to work on, like my diction or was pretty like, slurry, you know, things like that, like normal voice acting problems. But I wanted to keep now like I, I really treasure and value the differences that my voice has. Same thing with me. I grew up in Brooklyn, and that was kind of one of the earliest feedbacks I remember ever getting acting was um, – I, I actually – I remember when I was in college, and I just started acting, someone said, did you grow up around here? And I remember that sticking in my head and being like, oh, the way I speak, if I'm creating a character mm-hmm. – they, they're all sounding now like they are coming from New York or, or Brooklyn. I didn't want it to I didn't want to be limited by that. Um, and so I worked on trying to you know still be able to retain that like you're saying, but yeah. also have the ability to to not if I if the character doesn't call yeah, for it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and also going back, I will let you know I did try to look for that monologue of yours, and I did so unsuccessfully. Oh. Um, I tried going back and finding footage of anime expos years past, and I couldn't. So um, I think you're safe if you're. I'm if you glad, were. honestly, yeah. because I I don't know I uh, I listened to a, like one of my early voice acting clips, and I was like, oh my god, I'm so glad I kept on going and working on this. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. Like, you don't have to start off good. You could start off being terrible and still, like, you could still. And then you just, it's just great because it's just a muscle that you work on. And if you work on things long enough, put in your, what is that, 10,000 hours. I think they say yeah. it takes 11 Malcolm years Gladwell. to master something. Yeah. Yeah. You can master it. You don't have to grow up with, you know, uh, an actor family or connections or money or any of those things that you know it could make it easier it's just it's possible just to work really really hard and i know know from 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 listening to your story from other people and and researching you that is something i really admire about you and your career and why i really do i'm gonna give you a lot of compliments throughout this so just please be prepared for that (laughs) um i really do consider you one of kind of the like paramount faces of the voice acting world at this point in time. Obviously, there's people who've been doing this for, you know, 50 years. You know, people like, you know, Rob Paulson and, and you know, Fred Tatashore, you, uh, you know, people like that. But we're relatively close in age and, and you've been doing this for so long and you, you've worked on so many titles and so many prolific titles. It's probably harder for me to name a title you haven't been a part of than <laughs> it is for me to, um, like, not. So... I, I just really think everything that you're doing in terms of 
what you bring to your characters, the talent that you've created over the years is it's 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 helpful for everybody trying to get into this industry because it creates a caliber and a standard that is washing away the stigma that existed for so long where it's like we don't watch anime in English it's it's not good and when we have really talented actors like yourself constantly working really hard at every little thing and I remember seeing again jumping ahead a little bit you know your performance in Tales of Bizaria um I was like whoa like even right from the get go, you're just like you. you I'm just you're in it, um, and I want to talk a little bit about that in, in, in a sure. bit. But just the commitment you have to your characters is is profound. Taking a step back again, really quickly, fourteen year old you. Yes. Where do you find out about this opportunity at Anime Expo? Do you remember that whole process I of like? Yeah. It was the first Bang Zoom panel ever. Listen, this yeah. is all. This was all fate. And I was uh, with my friend, with some friends, but particularly a friend named Roy Pitts. And I'm smiling because I have such fond, great memories with him. I think he's like, or he is or was like a casting director now for Blizzard. Mm. Um, yeah, so he's, he's done well on his own. But Roy Pitts, I attribute my career to that man. Because when Wendy Lee was asking for volunteers, he has the loudest most boisterous voice and he screamed choose her choose this one right here and they're like okay well <laughs> because me and my little mousy self I would have never been chosen Roy yeah. like I haven't talked to him for years but I think like a couple years ago I'm like I attribute my career to this man for going to bat for me and being the loudest in the room and getting me that opportunity it's pretty crazy it's wow. pretty crazy yeah it's it's so funny how you 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 know all in the timing sometimes right right people right uh, you know circumstances surrounding yourself with the the right people that's that's amazing but again you had to have been doing the things in order for you to capitalize on that opportunity when you were up on that stage in front of all these people in probably a yeah. circumstance you had never experienced before um, um I don't and I know think innate you... talent has a lot to do with that. I don't know if you, anybody else has talked about the voice acting forums of the <laughs> early 2000s. Not necessarily. We interviewed Sung Won Cho. I don't know if you're familiar with him and his yeah. work, but he, he wound up doing a Tumblr in uh, 2012. Every day he did a voiceover clip, <gasps> um, which is kind of reminiscent of those of those forms. Um but different in a way. I know, you know, the fan dubs was a was a big thing, and I'm assuming that's what you contributed to or acted on in your early days. Yes, and I'm not going to name names because I don't know if they want it to be known. But a lot of the major players right now, like we all grew up on that forum together. We all just yeah. wanted to be voice actors. We all gave each other like long-winded critiques. I think your performance of this line at this time, you know, things <laughs> like that. Um, but yeah, that was the most exciting thing in the world to do a fan dub and then to have like the person mix it all together and it's like, oh, that's my voice. Oh my God, I'm an anime character, I'm a video game character. Harpeesh. And that's what I think is, is so helpful for people right now trying to start out because I think a question that most people have is like, how do I get started? That That's like the, the overarching uh, super objective, sure. as an actor term would say of most people is how do I get started? And it's different today than it was, you know, five years ago. Um, So I I think with social media, I'm sure there's that that fan dub 
uh, uh, work ethic or, or ideology with making things on YouTube or even just creating your own work in whatever way possible, getting behind the microphone and recording yourself and hearing it and adjusting and, and finding different ways to fine-tune your own instrument is is so paramount to getting started. And that's I, I didn't do fan dubs uh, necessarily, but I recorded so many voices into just like my, my microphone before yeah. I even got started doing this, and they are terribly embarrassing. If I ever find it, I will release it because, uh, like you're saying earlier, I was not talented. I worked really hard, and if anything, that's my superpower is the ability to endure the pain of, yeah. of seeing bad and um, and wanting it to be better. So um, yeah. it's crazy that you, you went through this journey with these, with these fan dubs, and that eventually moved you to like, okay, I did this thing for Bang Zoom. You're already working for them at this time. They've given you these audition opportunities, but you still said, I still want to go to college while I'm auditioning and pursuing work. Is that was that the inspiration for that? I think um, I was always just like that was kind of the assumption always in my life. Like, okay, this is the next step is college. Yeah. Um, I didn't know it was going to be for theater. Uh, and that was challenging. Let me tell you how challenging my theater days were. Because, because uh, there's a lot of reasons. Um, and not all of it is because of school. But mm. um, I, I, was, I had to take a lot of time off of school. Because I, at that point in my life, I was getting like... And I don't want to go too deep into this. But sure. I was getting like massive panic attacks like all day, every day. Mm. So I was doing that... And I was working, like, uh, even at one point when I was having those, like, massive panic attacks, I was getting, I had, I got my first lead role in an anime. So I was doing a lot. I was juggling, like, trying to go to school, and I missed a lot of school because of that mm -hmm. and because I had jobs. And so I, that point in my life, I don't know. I don't, like, it's pretty crazy. Like, I was doing so much while dealing with so much and... Um, in a way, like the voice acting really helped me because it just showed me like I can focus, like I can do this if I just put my mind to it. So I would, you know, even though I was having these panic attacks, I was recording the lead. Oh, I was recording the lead on two shows at that time. Mm. I was a teenager. And um, when I was in the booth, it's like, okay, Christina, like this is time. This is your dream. This is what you wanted. And you're not going to let um, it stop you. Like whatever is happening, like up there whatever like you know is going on it it really taught me like at a young age like you know it's it's really difficult of course like going through things like depression anxiety panic attacks mm -hmm. but i i really learned like i can control this like it doesn't have to control me and it doesn't have to stop me from uh achieving my dreams and i think that's been that's something i don't talk about a whole lot but that's been kind of the overarching thing is like you know, you have obstacles. Sometimes they are external. Sometimes there are things like, like that. And it's just kind of learning to, to work with what you have and know, like, this is everything that you go through is it's, it's part of what makes you, you mm. and learning how to use those emotions and channeling them into my work was so helpful. It, it's still so healing. Um, and that brings me to Tales of Berseria. 
where I finally, like at that point, like I had some great roles um, in the past, but that one was the first time where I felt like I can use this side of me that's been, that I've been keeping in. And I just, I gave it. I put everything I had into that character, um, into that role. Like uh, I left nothing on, on, nothing in reserve. Like I just, like, I felt like this is the opportunity for me to like to show like this is who I am this is what I can give and um I'm just really lucky that I have roles like that that let me do that you know I feel like it's pretty pretty rare you know because we do a lot of we you know we do a lot of work and sometimes just like one session for a game or for an anime and and it's great that you get to do that but then there's just every once in a while those roles come in where you can really like dig into you know theater in a way and and first of all just um Thank you for sharing that because I think it's very sure. important that people have um, not everybody who is at the most successful part. They didn't just hatch from an egg and then handed these things and didn't go through their own struggles. And I've been there myself dealing with insane and deep anxiety, mm-hmm. depression, and it's it's being able to overcome that and navigate it and channel, you know, whatever it is you're going through is it's super um, nurturing in a way to, he- to hear that, you know, you were able to create this amazing career um, despite your own challenges and, and finding your own solutions to that. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you sharing Thank that you. right now. Hey, voice actors, just wanted to take a quick second from this episode to let you know about an amazing opportunity we have for Points of Experience listeners. We've teamed up with Voice123.com to get you all 15% off their premium membership starting with the $3.95 tier. Now, they also offer a free membership where you can check it out and see what they're about. But with the paid memberships, you're going to get access to more auditions. You're going to get your auditions faster. You're going to get better support. You can upload more samples. All of that is going to be available with the paid memberships. I've used it before in my career, and I've curated my own client list that I've still worked with today. I started making money. It's also a great opportunity for you to take a portfolio of this paid work and present it to agents or managers and say, hey, look, I'm professional. I'm bookable. I've made money doing this, and here are the jobs that I did it on in TV, radio, commercial, video games, animation. They have it all at Voice123. So go to voice123.com slash plans slash POX, and you're going to get 15% off their paid memberships if you are a first-time premium package buyer or looking to upgrade into a higher tier that you've never purchased before. I promise you it's a great place to start working. So check it out and start booking today. Um, Thank it's, you. It's, I think a lot of people who are, especially right now in this world, extremely mm-hmm. difficult times. A lot of young people who are, a lot, a lot of the people who are going to be listening to this interested in voice acting um or any part of the the video game uh, you know anime nerdy world like it, it's it's comforting to hear like you can chase your dreams and work really hard despite whatever challenges you might be personally dealing with so yeah on that um but yes with tales of berseria it is and again you, you like you were saying you get these small moments usually on on games and very rarely i'm not sure if you're aware of this i wound up watching um the because you know when you get busy it's hard to play every single game in the sure. world i wound up watching not at the, this was years ago because i'm a huge tales of one of my favorite ga- games ever is tales of symphonia that was one of the first games I ever played on gamecube and i fell in love with the tale series i wound up watching the tales of berseria game all the cutscenes. have you ever done this watch the cutscenes of games yes mm-hmm. um the tales of berseria is like over 10 hours long it's oh, a really? 10 hour long movie 
of you. It is? <laughs> yes, it is a 10-hour-long movie. This is just the cutscenes, not even, like, you know, any of the other extraneous stuff you had to record probably for battle efforts and yeah. reactions and things like that. So it's a 10-hour-long movie, and it is so good. And that's why I fell in love with most of these games and stories is because this, they're so deep. The, the lessons and the trials and the tribulations these characters go through. And then on top of that, to have an actor who is committing and bearing their soul into, I mean, especially in Velvet's scenario, like the darkness that you mm -hmm. have to go through and the pain. Oh, my gosh. If, like, in another, and I truly mean this, obviously the Japanese performance of the game exists, but I played it in English, and I think a majority of the people here on the West probably did as well. Um, without your performance, that game is not the same. That character Thank does you. not have the same impact. It does not. It doesn't. And it's it's something that things like that have influenced me in my career, I remember definitely thinking that the first opportunity to have that long stretch of uh, a thing was on Neo for me, where you're in for 20-some-odd sessions, and you're like, yeah. okay, that last session, I wasn't connecting with this. I really need to focus now. And, you know, I'm sure this was for you. Do you often get a lot of material beforehand, or are you, like, walking into the room, and then that's what you're seeing? Walk in cold. I don't know. I can't think of the last project well i was on a game last week that sent me the script but even then like you know how it is like i only get my lines yeah and i'm like i'm it's not really helpful for me Oops. it's not really <laughs> helpful for me to go through these because i need the context i need obviously the cutscenes. yeah but yeah there's no preparation really <laughs> it's like okay this is what i did in the audition now let's take it scene by scene and you know luckily you have the director who does know like Wendy Lee was the director on that and she mm. obviously knows you know what was going on and was able to guide me through it so a, a lot of it's her too can you talk a little bit about because I think this is going to be super interesting and we haven't really talked about this with anyone yet yes. do you have kind of a ritual or a preparation like can you walk me through in whatever version of this you want to share like Christina receives email for said audition today yeah. it's due two days from now <laughs> Can you kind of like walk me through what your process is from getting that email to hitting send on the email or upload or whatever it is? Um, man, so uh, it's so different now with COVID. Yeah. It's so different now. Um, I used to love going into audition. Obviously, that's not, doesn't happen anymore at all. Yeah. Um, but you know, I... I don't let myself stress out too much about the auditions anymore. Mm. And it's been a couple of years like that where I'll get it. And sometimes I don't get to do it until like the night before. Um, <laughs> so I read it um, to get the context of everything. And I'll do it maybe once, maybe twice. And my new mindset has been. And, and once I adopted this mindset, like I stopped stressing over auditions and I stopped worrying about like booking it, but it's like, hey, this is what I have to give. This is my interpretation of the character. I'm this character for the next two minutes, however long it gets to do the, this audition. If you like it, great. If you don't, like, I'm happy for whoever, you know, with that interpretation you guys chose. But um, I try not to stress out anymore at all. And I think, that, I don't know if there's another way to do it. Like, I know some people who are like, I spent all day on this audition. And I'm like, but you're not gonna do that in the booth. Mm -hmm. you're gonna do it in one or two takes like show them like this is what you can bring to it and then just kind of let it go and you just have there's a lot of trust you know 
so well said, and I think so many people, I, I've definitely been there trying to like mm-hmm. mine an audition before, and yeah, so often the ones that I'm just like, all right, I got to do this one, and I'm gonna I'm gonna send it, and I'm not gonna stress about it, and that's why people always say the the saying of like, it's always the ones you don't want that you get, and the ones that you really, really, really want. You don't. I don't know if I said that right. The ones that you don't want, you do get. The ones yeah. that you do want, that want you don't because you wind up getting in your own way and start meticulizing over every little nuanced detail. Yeah. And I think that's sometimes harmful towards what um, the trend and what most productions now are looking for, which is a very grounded performance. I think sure. it's hard to be grounded when you're, you know, you're manufacturing every yeah. single syllable of a line. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I think. Um, <laughs> I wasn't thinking, I don't know why I was thinking this yesterday, but I was trying to, because I direct too now. And mm. when I'm listening to auditions, and I see this is why I'm, I will never be a great teacher because I can't describe what it is. But most auditions are like a straight line with some like peaks and valleys like this and then they end and a lot sound very similar but then you have the actors who are just in it and the audition feels more like this and those are the ones that book and i don't know what that is or how to describe it but um but i know that doesn't come from like you know uh working things over and over again you know what i mean yeah i think yes it's exactly what you said is I think and that's the beauty of acting I think in a way is there's no real formula to creating good acting it's kind of being in the moment being truthful and something I've been experiencing within most of my successful things is like being in the state of flow I've talked about that a little bit no. which is very and I think that's kind of what that is is it's just being in flow and not yeah and that and like you're saying sometimes your first uninhibited read trusting your gut and obviously if there's certain things like an accent or homework you got to do that's that's stuff you're you're doing to enforce your or reinforce your audition once you get behind the microphone um but like all those things in place i think if you can just be uninhibited not on yourself not worrying about this thing being perfect and just as much as we can as voice actors in our auditions listening and responding even if that's your your version of the character you're creating yourself in your head and responding as organically and truthfully as possible I think that's those moments and if you as you said you're directing you're hearing it and I'm sure that must help you as an actor too or it has helped you to to get more of these performances that you you like and hear other people do I think it just helped me be less nervous as well in general Mm -hmm. because it's like, well, the director is, you know, they just want the same thing you do, (laughs) Yeah. you know, and they're not, you know, I feel like my approach on directing is, you know, when, if you're in the room like that, that's because like you're the best choice for the character and I don't need to worry about over directing you in the same way like I don't think you should over audition like over directing is a big no-no for me when I'm when I'm directing it's like I trust Mm. you and I feel like we've gotten some pretty great performances from not just being kind of the uh, that's the fine line between a good director and a bad director I think is is trusting the person you cast and trusting the actor's process and not being kind of a uh, 
yeah. know, Oz behind the curtain trying to pull every little string yes, um, yes. of that performance. Have you had, I know you talked about Wendy, has there been a project specifically where you really enjoyed being directed or working with a specific director? Um, and, and can you kind of maybe, and maybe it's as simple as the answer we just talked about, can you vocalize maybe why that was such a good experience? Oh, man. Um, there are different different people I love working with, with for different reasons. Um, and it's, I don't know, like Michael Sorich is so much fun. Mm. I just know I'm going to be laughing. The puns are going to go crazy. <laughs> Todd Habercorn is great um, because he he's not like 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 not meticulously pulling the strings. He just knows like, hey, you know, this wasn't quite um, right for the context, and let's go again. Like he's very gentle about it, and it's like the workflow never feels like stymied or stifled. It's just yeah. he's very good at keeping the pace going, but. Uh, getting what is needed for the character. Wendy's always amazing. Um, oh my gosh, there's so many great directors. Uh, Tony Oliver, of course, for the reasons that I've said. Um, oh my goodness. I'd feel bad if I left anybody out. Bob Buckholtz. Oh, yeah. So much fun. And also, he was also like one of the early people for me, too. It was like, hey, do you want to... Do you want to... Uh, uh, do anime with me? I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's great. I had the same gifted privilege of, of that with Bob, and he taught me a lot about this industry and business. Yeah. He's very good at what he does. Um, so yeah. speaking now about anime, and there's so many things, so many titles we could talk about. I want to talk a little bit about Hunter Hunter and sure. Kilua for you. What... Obviously, this is a character that is extremely young. <laughs> well, in comparison, you're you're playing a boy, a young boy. What do you think it was about Kilua that you connected with, or was there a process to finding his voice that was different oh. than something else to make this whole experience you think connect on such a a deep level that it has, and and partially the reason for why it's so successful? So, when I saw Kilua, I knew. But if I were to book on the show, it was going to be him. One. Oh. One. Because traumatic backstory. And two, because he's purple. <laughs> and I don't know what it is, but I always get, like, the traumatic purple people. Yeah. I'm, like, very confident. It's like, oh, this character has some um, stuff. And maybe it's because what, you know, what I shared with you. Mm -hmm. But I know, like, I think it's because they can tell, like, I'm willing to go there. Like, I can get to that place um, easily. Mm -hmm. Like, I can turn it on and turn it off. Um, and I think that's why <laughs> I, I voice so many characters like that where they're, like, the ones who get really, who are, have really emotional stories, like Velvet mm -hmm. and Homura and Kilua, all these characters. Um, yes. Yeah, no, it's, and I, I think I'm with you on that both, too. Um, oh, yeah? Uh, Do you get yeah, all the trauma? I, yeah, you have yeah, a very yeah, traumatic yeah. one. Yeah, I think, and it's again, it's that. But you know, if you can, you can, if you can materialize that um, into a healing process for yourself, and 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 create great art with it, then I think that's a great a, a great um, output for for doing so. Um, sure. What about um, 
because I want to just kind of go through some of these characters. I've uh, also one huge fan of, of Homura uh, as well. I wanted me to make sure I said that. Um, what about in terms of uh, the, the music you create and some of the opportunities you've had to sing in these roles and your experience with singing? Was this always something that you, I know you had been putting out videos on YouTube, these dubs of, yeah. um, or, or, popular uh titles of things that were been in anime or video games and then you were doing your own version or a dub of it where did that connection for you to create your own versions and put them on youtube come from and then how did that process lead into you working in games and anime and and you being a part of that singing process yes okay Okay, this is called diversifying your portfolio. So I did it as a fan dub, and I didn't consider myself a singer at all. I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I heard it back. I'm like, I think I think that was pretty good. I think I can do this. Yeah. And at that point, like, I was like, because I didn't have that. I have a very high-pitched voice even when I'm singing. But I'd heard Kristen Chenoweth singing. I'm like, if she can do it on Broadway, then I can do it for these songs. Yeah. So YouTube was new. Um, there was this great show called Haruhi Suzumiya that came out, and I loved the songs. I was like, what if I do English versions? And that was like at a time when that wasn't really a thing. Mm-hmm. And I started, I put an English cover out of a Haruhi song, and it blew up. Like, it was crazy at the time. And in fact, it got so popular that I would find out a couple of years later that the president of Bandai at the time, Bandai of America, um, he told me when we met, he's like, hey, I just wanted to let you know, like, I loved your Haruhi covers. And because I heard yours, I decided, like, we have to do the songs in English in the show. Um, and then he's like, I have a new show called K-On! And I want you to choose any character you want. And you can be that character. I want to cast you as any of the lead characters. And that hasn't happened before. That's never happened since. But, like, I've never... You know, and I was still in college. I was basically that, you know, that age. I was like, oh, my God, this Mio girl. She's so cute. I want to be yeah. Mio. Um, and that kind of grew. Um, uh, you know, my, I love doing music so much, and I feel like I've had success. Um, when I was very young, I was told I couldn't do it. Like, I shouldn't be doing covers and putting them on YouTube by... Um, and so I stopped for a while mm. and I, and I kind of regret that, you know, cause it's become such a thing. I feel like, like it could have done both, but at the time, like I was so young and I was, I had like a PR problem with other actors who, you know, this was a different time. This was a different mm. time. Like nobody was like me. Like nobody was like a fan who got a big, their big shot. Mm-hmm. I had to prove to everybody, like I am here and I am professional and I can do this and if that means like okay I can't do this then I and I, I won't mm. um, so I got back into that very recently um, within the past five years I was with somebody who showed me like hey this is how you this is the know-how like he gave me the know-how how to do covers and to license them and what to do how to put them on YouTube and since then like it makes my heart so happy like, I love dubbing, but there's something, and I love voice acting, but there's something about just doing it on your own terms. Like, nobody says what I can sing. I choose mm-hmm. what I sing. Um, and I just feel so powerful when I'm singing. Um, and I think uh, the biggest thing to come out of that for me so far is Hell of a Boss, where I'm 
singing with people who are currently on Broadway. Yeah. Like, it's so crazy to me that I'm in this, I sing in a, a song with Alex Brightman, Beetlejuice. It's, yep. like, it's pretty crazy. Um, Bryce Pinkerton was one of my uh, teachers in college. Really? Yeah, he taught me clown. <sighs> and he is, I saw him in Gentleman's Guide. Um, yeah. And uh, another play he did with Elizabeth Moss. I can't remember the name of it, but he's so talented. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you're, yeah, you're amazing all so in that. talented. Thank you. Um, um, I'm really great. I'm just so grateful for these people who. You know, Viv could have cast anyone, yeah. anyone in LA, and, and you know, and she, she gave this role to me, and it's never lost on me. Like, like even with Ladybug as well. Like we haven't even talked about Ladybug. I oh know, my I god! Know. Like I, it's not lost on me. Like I feel a tremendous amount of responsibility, like to be the best, like role model I can be, the best person I can be, because like I've, you know, I came from nothing i had yeah and it's not lost on me and it it puts a lot of pressure i will be honest like i i'm really hard on myself like like i want to make i never want to make anybody feel bad i never want to uh you know not like have somebody feel like i'm not having a good time when i'm in the booth and it is a lot of pressure yeah (laughs) we're all still human but um Mm -hmm. i i'm just doing my best like like i'm really doing my best yeah so let's let's talk about ladybug quickly because i want to make sure we touch on that and yeah. the tremendous success of, of of that show and that opportunity what is it and again uh another opportunity for you to work with bryce pappenbrook yeah. um <laughs> seven deadly sins you, you in, in this kind of uh you know emotional friendship relationship um it, it, has that just been everything and and you could have wanted in a role a character where you get to sing and then also be a you know crime fighting superhero and kicking butt so when i first saw that role i was convinced i wasn't going to get it because mm. i wanted it so bad <laughs> you yeah. know that thing i was like oh no i love her shoot because i saw it and i read the premise and i saw some of the early animation i was like this can be this generation's sailor moon this is going to be big <laughs> This is going to be huge, and nobody knew it yet. And I, Ezra will attest that I was always like, this is going to be the biggest show. Like, this is incredible. Um, yeah. And I wanted it really bad, and I worked for it. Like, I auditioned and auditioned and auditioned. Each callback got scarier and scarier, but I just knew, like, this is, this is, she's, this is my role. Like, this is, she's me. Nobody will love this character more than I like I just knew it. Nobody would love this show more than I did. So, I don't know. Like that's that's pretty. That's kind of a singular experience um, for me, and it's really important. Like that role, that show is really important to me. Um, and you know, and it's always been like kind of the popularity. It's really strange. Like the popularity was like this at first, and it's so like year by year, it would creep up more, and then the pandemic hit. And now it's just this global thing. And I'm mm. going to a lot of conventions right now because there are a lot of people who it, this and Hunter Hunter blew up during the pandemic. Yeah. And it's so amazing to me to meet people now who are like, I grew up with Ladybug. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's totally possible that you grew up with this show. Yeah. And I'm like meeting all the the little Ladybugs and Cat Noir who come up to me. And it's just a show that defies age and defies gender and it's just oh yay 
Yes, people cosplay cos must be they surreal, let me right? Her. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's me. Oh, that's you! Oh my gosh, you look so good. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, okay, I have a story about this costume because this costume okay. wasn't part of the show. I found it like as a concept image for like a more grown-up ladybug that the creator did. Oh, and my I was gosh. like. I was like, if I'm going to cosplay Ladybug, I want it to be, I, you know, I'm not 14. Yeah. I want it to be like a woman version of her, like how she would be if she were my age. Mm -hmm. And so I chose this costume. I have it made by a designer daddy who is a great costume maker, great dressmaker. And then last season, Ladybug gets a costume upgrade. And I'm not saying that, that it's you because I did it? this, but it's this costume. Oh, my gosh. Can I make the start the petition right now if they ever want to do a live action like um, iteration of Miraculous Ladybug that we just get you cast immediately? There's no dispute. Like, there's like, can we can we please ha like, you would be so it good. Um, it has to be like a, a gritty remake. Like that's what I'm saying. Sure. Yeah. Oh, it'll be so good. Um, you know, so like it's so mom. funny. My my fiance was was babysitting a kid years ago, and she introduced yeah. me to Mirac. She's like, I think you like this show. Um, it's like she's like, maybe it's a little bit for Kitty. And I remember sitting down and watching. She can she like forced me to watch the show. She's like, it's on Netflix. You're gonna love it. And yeah. I was like, all right, I'm gonna watch it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually pretty good. And then uh, yeah, so that's how I I wound up finding out about it before even knowing that you were a part of it um, years ago. Um, yeah. I want to quickly jump to uh, uh, another global phenomenon sensation too before we we end up oh. here is is Genshin Impact. Oh um, my God, we haven't even talked about Genshin I know. Impact. And also My Hero Academia, obviously too. But I don't know if we'll get to that. Uh, Genshin Impact. You voice Bennett, and it, it and 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 you also vo voice Shing Chu, right? Shing Chu. Yeah. And uh, how, how did the opportunity get to voice two characters, not only one, in this global <laughs> sensation? That's the Christina V way. Yeah. I'm always double booking on these big projects and I love it. Uh -huh. So the story of Genshin Impact. I was working with the director, Chris, on another game called, oh my God, it's a huge game, Fallout. Fallout. So when we're working on Fallout, he's like, I have this other game. Do you want to read for it? Yes. He's like, all right, they look like anime characters, but read it like you were in the office because that's what the client wants. <laughs> True story. So I did and I read for a few characters, didn't get them. And I was pretty bummed because I knew what it was already. I was like, this is the game that looks like another game. And mm -hmm. I want to be in it real bad. So uh, so I got a few more times to audition. And then uh, during the pandemic, Bennett and Sing Show came around. And they were two aud they, they were both together in the same audition email. Like, mm. it was, please read for Bennett and Sing Show. And I read for them, and I was like, this guy looks like Kilua. I'm going to do my Kilua voice. I'm like, well, this one, he's kind of, looks like he's probably more right here, and he's probably more proper. Yeah. So imagine my surprise when they're like, hey, you were cast as Bennett and Sing John. <laughs> I love it. It's like, yes. <laughs> like, is that a mistake or what? I was like, oh, my God, I am I am here for this. I am yeah. here for this, but um, it just carries on my tradition that I love, um, being multiple main characters in the same game. Um, Charlotta and Fairy and Grand Blue, mm -hmm. um, Noelle Vermillion was kind of a cheat, but in all her iterations, uh, in Blaze Blue, oh my goodness, um, in Tales, like I now play two protagonists in two different Tales games, and I was in it before. I'm like, yeah. I like this trend. This is nice. <laughs> well, that's only an attestment to your talent and your chameleon nature to be able to embody like you just did right there. There is just even, 
like a keyword or, or something about the character, the picture maybe that you're embodying pictures. a completely different uh, thing. And sometimes we don't get pictures, but to be able yeah. to take that and just run with that idea is such a talent. And I think if you have that skill, like you clearly do, it's led to so much success. Oh, um, and trust your gut. I will tell you another quick story about how I booked Hestu. Okay. Um, from uh, Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity. So yes. Hestu. Uh, I love Breath of the Wild. Oh, so Favorite good. game of all time. I've got a Hyrule um, sword and shield right behind me. You can't perfect. see it, but I do. So this game, it was very like hidden under layers because I didn't want you to know what you're reading for. So they're like, mm -hmm. this is a fairy creature. And the way they described it, I was like, that reminds me of a Korok. I'm going to play it like this guy is a, this, this character is a Korok. And I didn't know until the day that we recorded that it was the king of Korok's and that I was going to be in a Zelda game. And I was just like, I just feel like it's, it's kind of like this kind of character. And I went with it. So play games and watch the things that you're in because you never know. Right? That's, yeah. uh, if you have the opportunity and the, and the privilege to do so, I, I can only imagine that they're going to be helpful i want to respect your time and you've I, there were so many things i wanted to talk about here obviously but um i, I want to quickly get to a question we have here for you yes. um juan if you want to pull that up and we can uh, and, and talk about that a little bit yeah uh so this question comes from casey curry yes um it goes how long would you say is too long for audition session how many auditions do you do a day or even a week Ooh. When you first started voice acting and threw your hat into the ring versus now, I'm scared of burning myself out too quickly. Um. Oh, my gosh. Thank I you, think Casey. you just have to listen to your voice, really. I know it takes me a long time to get to auditions because if I'm working all day, my voice is already fatigued. I don't feel like I'm in a creative state. Mm -hmm. Um. But, I mean... I think you just have to know for yourself. Like, there are certain auditions that I, I don't do anymore because I just know, like, I don't have a great booking rate with these and I my time is pressed mm -hmm. and I need to go for the things that I need to go f shoot for my strengths right now in my career. That's where I'm at. Um, so I think it's just listening to yourself. Um, when I was starting off, auditions were few and far between, of course, but now, you know, I have a great agency. I love Atlas Talent Agency. They have been amazing to me, mm. and they send me a ton of auditions. I think this week I recorded, and it's Tuesday, so I've recorded maybe 20, <laughs> 20 characters, um, and also partly because I'm going to Hawaii, so I need yeah. to get everything done soon. Get them done. Yeah, but yeah, you just got to listen, listen to your heart. <laughs> Quick rapid fire two for me before we let you go here. First of all, thank you so much for doing this. We've learned so much. Is there a series? Uh, my pleasure. Persona. Persona. You'd want to be a part of the Persona series. Is yes. there a, a a song you would like to cover that you haven't covered yet? Uh, the story by Brandy Carlisle. Okay. Is there a um a, a genre of acting that you haven't explored yet um that you would like to? Mocap. Why haven't I done mocap? If anybody is listening, anybody in the business of mocap, and you, I, I, I'm honestly, I can't believe that I just heard that. Um, you need to cast Christina like right now. Please, I'm working on it. Gonna take classes. That's, yeah, that's my next thing. Me too. I've gotten yeah. close, but I haven't got one to do I've myself close. either. I got. I was at down to three. Three girls. Same. Same thing. Yes, three. for a huge prot like 
life-changing project yes. down to three girls. But she probably had the training. I didn't have the training. Anyways, Same that's deal. what I'm going to get the training. Oh yes. God, we can talk after. We can yes, talk let's after. do that. Um, and is there a, a, a something that hasn't existed yet, an anime video game, anything in entertainment media that hasn't been adapted into something that you could be a part of that you would love to be a part of that hasn't yet? Oh, man. Um, interesting, interesting. My answer, this has been done, but I love Utena, and mm -hmm. I love the original voice actors for Utena, so I don't, I wouldn't want to replace them or anything, but if they were, they rebooted Utena and had new characters, I'd want to be one of those. Awesome. Christina, thank you so much for your time. I really, thank really appreciate you. it. This has been so insightful. I'm so happy to finally get to, to meet you face-to-face -face through, this, through the, the digitized versions that we have yeah, existed me today. Yeah, Thank you. Thanks for managing my crazy schedule this month. Oh, it is it is my pleasure, and, and I'm just so happy that we got to finally sit down. Um, everybody, Christina V, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Could that have been cooler? I don't think it could have. I'm so happy we got to talk with Christina, and I'm not exaggerating when I tell you she's been an inspiration for kind of so much of the work that I've done. I actually, I remember she was directing something. It was one of the, when I first moved to LA and I saw a, 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 like, a, it was a game and I think it came out. I don't remember the title. And uh, River River City something. And I remember I see, I, I remember it because I remember seeing her name as the casting director and director. I was like, what, Christina? It's like, I'm going to have the opportunity to work with her on something? Like, that's so crazy. And I could not be more... I, I, I could not be more impressed that she is not only the real deal behind the microphone, but also in real life as a, as a human. She's so kind and generous, and you can just tell how down-to-earth she is, and working her butt off to get to where she is, it just reminds me so much of my story. <laughs> we'd get along I feel like we might get along I'll have to definitely take uh, her up on my own offer of saying let's take a mocap class together can we please if there's anybody out there who can like put a tweet out there get Christina V in mocap like in addition to the ladybug live action if that ever does happen in like a really dark gritty um I know that's been done before right they've taken things and made them darker and in, in, um the live action adaptations but mocap people please gosh kick my butt at as that ladybug superhero i mean not that i'm uh much of a threat i'm extremely um not a fighter at this point in my life i would just listen I, whatever you gotta do just don't just don't hurt me or make it so I can't work anymore. That's literally the life motto I live by at this point. If something is dangerous, like my buddy, uh, we didn't get to talk about it, and we said we were going to. She's going to Hawaii. I recently went to Hawaii. My buddy wanted me to do, like, um, skydiving, and I was like, there is the possibility um, that I could die doing this. I know that's very safe, and I'm not saying people shouldn't do skydiving, but for me, the danger is more that I will die from a heart attack jumping out of the plane. So I try not to do things that will create that type of scenario. Uh, but I wish Christina luck and lots of fun in her convention route. If you aren't um, following her, 
like, what are you doing? Her social media following is is astounding. She's got like over a million followers on TikTok. And uh, go see her at a convention. I think if you're going to be in Hawaii, I don't know when this is going to release, but if you did see her, awesome. Um, but if not, check out her convention schedules because she's definitely somebody I think well worth the opportunity to um, express your gratitude to. She's so receiving of it as well. I think a lot of people aren't good with compliments, and she just genuinely seems to appreciate it. We didn't get to talk about, like, uh, so many things. My Hero Academia, Pino. She she got to work in the, the newest My Hero Academia movie. We'll have to have her back. And then maybe we can finally use the term friend of the show. Right? <laughs> I always thought that was such a corny thing podcast do. Oh, it's friend of the show. It's like, yeah, that works in like talk shows, I guess, where there are over 100. I mean, maybe this will be a podcast that exists for over thousands of episodes. I hope so. I really hope so. Um, guys, Christina, an absolute treasure that we have in this industry that we are gifted to be existing in the same time she is working um, as uh, as an actor doing voiceover. Um Check out her music covers, please. She did a cover of Bluebird, Simple and Clean, Candy Store from the musical Heathers, uh, Husevik from um, uh, 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 the movie with Will Ferrell. Um, gosh, I, uh, Eurovision. Oh, by myself. I, I don't really, I don't know if that's the song that she did, uh, but um, in this great big world before me, and not someone else. Allie loves that. Um. Uh, song and thing and then they're like they're beautiful songs beautifully sang and I don't think she has this in her cover but then all of a sudden it'll be like this beautiful melody and then you hear Wolf Owl go ah. it's hysterical and beautiful at the same time um, and she also did a cover of uh, Attention Charlie Puth with Nate Wants to Do Battle um, so check those out follow her on Spotify and all that stuff. If you have a question you would like to ask one of our guests, um, you can send in a video to info at pointsofexperiencepodcast.com. We'll feature you on the show. Or you can simply write in a question as well, which is a lot of the stuff we've been featuring. Um, follow us on all social medias, Points of Experience on TikTok, POX Podcast on the rest of them. My YouTube, Paul Castro Jr. is where the Points of Experience Podcast will live. Spotify, iTunes, all that great stuff. Thank you for sticking around. Uh, and until the next one, everybody, thank you for, for watching the show. And I truly cannot wait to hear you all very soon if voice acting is one of your pursuits as a profession. Take care now. Bye-bye then.